you know, I always try to make it my aim that when I preach something, I preach something that's balanced, that's base. And that it doesn't contradict with each other. Everybody know what I'm saying? Yeah. But every now and then, you have to understand that the glory of God is so resourceful that he will not let you waste any resource. Amen. What I'm that's trying good. to tell you that even what the enemy means for evil, come on, y'all know this one. That's good. God will turn around for your good, amen? amen. So, so, so the God that we serve does not lose any resource. And, and I'm reminded of a time I was working with um, this company. It was this excavating company. And what we would do, you guys have seen it. You've seen the woods, right? And all of a sudden, you, you see it the next day and it's completely cleared out. And they're going to put a development there, right? Or they're going to put a plaza or a shopping mall. And you say, how fast do they clear that? And the company I used to work for, they were an excavation company. And there was no resources ever uh, wasted. I mean, we used to go in there with these big machines, these big bulldozers and excavators and all whatnot. And we used to take the wood, the leaves, the topsoil, the dirt, the root. Everything used to be used for something. We used to sell the woods to furniture company. We used to sell the topsoil to the landscape company. We even used to take the dirt to use as fill to build the new buildings. Amen. So they used to pay us to go and clear it, and we would make more money to sell the resources. That's good. It's a win-win situation. And we have to understand that when God said that the earth is his and the fullness thereof, that means that there is no resources wasted in him. That even the evil that your enemy does to you works good in your situation. That everything is working out for your good. So when we bring that reference and we bring that into understanding into the term skeletons in the closet, you have to understand that every skeleton in your closet is not a bad one. Amen. Man, I ain't going to talk to me Amen. today. That, 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 that every situation inside that deep, dark secret, that deep, dark hallway is not always bad. What I'm trying to tell you, saints of God, is that my God operates in darkness. <laughs> well, wait a minute, Apostle. But God is the God of light. Yes, but you have to understand that he's also the God of darkness. I'm not saying he's Satan. I'm not saying he's the, the prince of darkness. But he operates in the midst of your darkness. That when you're going through a dark situation, my God does not sleep, nor does he slumber. He's still working it out. There's something that he's allowed you to go through. That when you're going through your deep, dark moments, God is still bringing some light into your situation. Amen. Somebody say amen if you believe that. Amen. amen. So I want to bring to you uh, two familiar scriptures. So that you can understand that in the closet, in that dark, dreary, eerie closet, there's still some good that lies beneath. There's still some goodness hidden within you. You ever bought something or had something in your closet and you put it in there and you never really see it again? But then you buy something new, let's say months now, and then you say, man, I know exactly what goes with that, that outfit. And you tear your closet up. Looking for that pair of pants. Looking for that skirt. Looking for that shirt. I know, man, I can't find. Honey, where you put my super Because there's things in there that you go through today that may not be for today, but it's for tomorrow. Amen. There's some things that you go through in your closet that you may have reference to later on. 
Let me pull out that situation, that circumstance that I went through that can minister to somebody. I didn't go through heaven hot water just for me. I didn't go through heaven hot water just for me, but for somebody else's situation. Amen. So everything that's in the closet is not all bad. There's some good things in there. Amen? Amen. Let's grab our Bibles. Let's go to some reference scriptures. I'm going to read one in Acts, and I'm going to read one in Isaiah. And I'm going to put the two together if you allow me today. Amen? Amen. Let us stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to read Acts chapter 9. A very familiar scripture. You guys all know it. Very familiar God in the name of Saul. Who has converted his name to Paul. Glory be to God. Look, this is what happens on the road to Damascus. When you're there, say amen. 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 We're going to read a couple of verses. And then we're going to read a verse in Isaiah. Look what he says. Then Saul... Still bringing threats and murder and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he would find any who were of the way, whether man or woman, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. I preach a sermon just about that. Sometimes the church gives you permission to act the fool. Somebody can borrow that if they want it. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and he suddenly, uh, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goat. And he, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what to do, what you must do. Then the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus and he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank let's jump real quickly to Isaiah 45 Isaiah 45 and I want to read the second and third but I want to focus on the third verse second verse says and I will go before you and make the crooked places straight I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Jeez, God, get ready to open some gates for you. Key verse. And I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of the secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am your God and the God of Israel. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, O oh God, for this moment in time right here, right now, O oh God, that you have created. Father, you have counted not robbery to have us in this space and time to hear and bask in your word. For we are meant to be here at this present time. You have called us with destiny and purpose, Lord God. And Father, as we hear your word, let it minister to our spirit, our soul, and let it guide our flesh towards the blessing that you have for us. In Jesus' name, somebody say it. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
the scripture says that that he may give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches in the secret place. In the secret place. There is treasure in dark places. There is treasures in hidden places. Your closet does not hold all bad things, but in that dark place, there's some treasures that you have yet to really see within yourself. And the Lord said that I will bring it to fruition. I will bring it to light because we have gone through so many things in our life that though we go through a dark situation, we fail to see that God is trying to pull some riches out of our dark places. Mm -hmm. My God has always operated in darkness. The Bible tells us that on the seventh day we understand the Lord rested. But though he rested, you have to understand that his work is still being done. Amen. It was in the midst of darkness that he said, let there be light. The Bible tells us that, that, that when it was dark and void and desolate, his spirit was hovering over it. you got to understand that when you go through a dark situation, God's spirit hovers over you. He's right there. You're, his presence is right where you're going through. Don't ever think that you're going through something alone. Don't ever think that you're going through something in vain. But his spirit is hovering right there. Amen. There's treasures in darkness. There's treasures in darkness. There's treasures in darkness. Come on, just repeat that. Say there's treasures in darkness. In darkness. What is darkness? Is darkness a thing? Darkness is not a thing. According to scientists, darkness is not a thing because it cannot be measured. That in fact, darkness is the absence of something. And the absence of something is the absence of light. So, so, so really, the reason that darkness is not a thing, Bishop, is because you can't measure darkness. There's no wattage in darkness. But you can measure light. You can say, you know, 10 watts, 20 watts, 100 watts. You can measure light. You can even measure sound when you say, I got there at the speed of sound or at the speed of light. So anything you can measure is a thing. So when we go through darkness, we're really not going through a thing. It's the absence of something that's hurting us. Why am I so bound? Why am I so bitter? Why am I going through? Why am I so angry? Could it be that the absence of something is what's really bothering you? It's never darkness that bothers you. It's the absence of what you're used to experience. When things are going good in your life, everything is good. Everything is great. Bills are paid. Kids are behaving. Family is okay. But with the absence of that peace, that's when you get turmoil. That's good. Amen. So, so, so God is saying, see, 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 ooh, glory to God. God is saying, I, I want you to experience the power of me and, uh, and, and the power in me that even though you may not feel me, that the absence of you can still have power in the midst of your dark valley experience. I know you don't see the light, but the light is in you. You bear the light. You are the bearer of light. I wish somebody could preach this back to you. There's, there's, there's treasures in, in darkness. There's treasures in darkness. Darkness is not a thing, Minister Harry. It's the absence of. There's something that has been extracted that I'm supposed to have that when I don't have it, I'm bothered by it. Right. 
Never been bothered. Just, 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 it's not a good day today. What are you missing? What's missing from within you? What do you not affirm today? What do you not decree, declare? What do you not speak life into? See, I, I love my kids. My kids just went away from camp for a whole week. I love them, love them when they're home and they're screaming and crying. And even when they're bigger, I just love their presence. But that week that it wasn't there, I was missing something. Don't get me wrong, my wife and I, you know, we have fun. We got it. But there still was something missing in there. And you got to understand the Bible said, watch this. He said that he has made us in his image, in his likeness, his power, his authority. When you can't go beyond a point, you get frustrated because there's something in you that has been extracted. These skeletons in the car, I'm telling you, I'm wrong. I'm going to preach about bones too. Watch this. Bone, the marrow, everything. No resources are going to be wasted. Amen? God is a God of darkness. Every time he means to give you an extravagance. Somebody say extravagance. Every time he means to give you an extravagant blessing, he always puts you to sleep. He puts you to darkness. Before he said, let there be light, the world was void and desolate. Before light came in, they need to experience the absence thereof. Because sometimes we don't value what we have until it's absent from our life. So sometimes there needs to be an absence of peace that we can value. Me. I know she's a bishop, but she's my everything. 
everything that she's been through, I'm sorry to tell you, was for me. But God had to put me to sleep like he put Adam. He put Adam in a dark place to pull out of him. Glory to God. What he never knew was in him. Treasures in darkness. Treasures in darkness. Treasures in darkness. And I told you we were going through that brink of divorce. That after the, the scales came off my eyes, after I lost, watch this, y'all ready for yeah, yeah, yeah. After I lost my eyesight to gain insight, wow. mm, that's good. I couldn't see, but I could, but now I had vision. Yes. So I had to lose my eyesight to gain my insight. And when I understood the gift of God that was given to me, even if she wanted to go, she can't leave me. She could say, I'm leaving with another man tomorrow. I said, well, you better make sure you got a big bag because we all hopping in there. <laughs> you could have leave me if you wanted to. You know what I say? Is it to death do us part? She lucky we going to the same place. I'm going to be going to I'm going to be two places in heaven. I'm going to be hanging out with Jesus and going back to see my wife. <laughs> What's up, baby? What's up, Jesus? What's up, Jesus? What's up, baby? I said, I don't want to see no Paul. I don't want to talk to Peter. I heard that Sarah was a very fair woman, but I'm good with what I got. I'm good. Jesus and the neck. That's all I got. <laughs> and I say this because we have to value what God has given us. And I'm going beyond people, beyond friendship, beyond relationship. I'm talking about the authority, the power, the light has got, that God has placed in us. We have to value it so much so that we preserve it, we incubate it, we hide it, we don't let it get it tainted, we don't let it get blemished, we, 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 we put it aside, we consecrate it. This is too pure for me to just let you handle it in your way. Like Jesus said, you can talk about this, you can talk about that, but about the Holy Spirit, watch how you talk. I can't let you put your mouth on my anointing. I can't let you talk any old way about my God. I can't let you speak about my faith any old way. I can't let you just let people throw negativity my way. You have to be understand that you can dodge any type of things in this world. You have the power to do it. And if somebody's being negative, then dodge them. Amen. I'll give you the treasures of darkness. I'll give you the hidden riches of the secret place. Of the secret place. Of the secret place. In your closet lie more secrets than you can ever know. Mm -hmm. Secrets beyond, what's it? Secrets beyond the ones that you've placed in there. Mm -hmm. That's good. A brother, brother told me last week, he said, before the sermon was over, he said to me, your, your son-in-law, he said to me, oh, Pastor, some classes are so big, they turn to hallways. And I said, yeah, that's what we call walk-in classes. <laughs> classes so big. We want more room, more room, more. See, we think that more room will allow us to hide more stuff. But don't we know that God has played, the, watch this, the purpose of a closet, a closet is a dead end. It's a dead end in your house. You can't exit a closet. If there's a fire alarm or fire drill or whatever, you can't. Oh, quick, go in the closet. You're dead. Get out the house. So when, so there's no back door to the closet. There's no, no front door and back door. So the closet is a stationary place meant to, uh, I, I want to say, incubate or hold certain perceptions of where you're going. Let me read this to you. 
I looked up the, the phrase, skeletons in the closet. And this is what uh, uh, the internet told me. You know, the internet's right. <laughs> it says, it is a colloquial phrase in an idiom used to describe uh, an, an, an undisclosed fact about someone which, if revealed, will alter the perception of the person. It's an undisclosed fact that it's revealed will alter the perception of the person. And again, we use the term skeletons in the closet to mean something negative. But what if we're talking to faith people here, right? What if we take that to mean spiritual definition? It is an undisclosed, undisclosed fact that if ever revealed will alter the perception wow. yes. of the person. Yes, that's good. Amen. Why did he keep talking down to you? Maybe you have to disclose a fact that is unknown so it can alter the perception of you. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're going in the closet and putting on the wrong outfits, and that's why the world is talking about you this way. But if you put on the right garment, it will alter the perception oh, that's good. of who you are. That's good. That's good. I got stuff in my closet from three-piece suits to speedos. I don't got no speedos. I'm like, what? <laughs> my closet runs deep, right? <laughs> a lot of there, right? <laughs> But imagine if I were to show up here preaching in some speed. Well, <laughs> I gotta be real with you. Listen, you ain't coming that day, right? But what? <laughs> I ain't that bad, so <laughs> But what you put on? Not just spiritual. Not just spiritual. What you put on? What you put on alters the perception of what people see. He, he had an interview. He had an interview for a job. And, and, and he says to me, he says to me, he says, Dad, can I go in the closet because I have an interview? How did he know that what was in my closet would assist him in his interview? Could it be by what I put on? That's good. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, 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 what is your closet like? My God. Would others borrow from your closet? Mm. Progress their life? Would, would they see what you wear and see, man, just can I borrow that piece? When you get done with it, can I borrow your, your boldness? When you finish praying, can I borrow your pakwa? Yes. When you finish using it, your closet looks real good. Oh my God. I'm talking about Joe Austin right there. Your closet looks real good. Come on, Joe. I'm coming. Come on, Joe. God says, God said, I want to put this together, put this together. God said, I am the, the God of darkness. That 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 sometimes because we're human, let this might say we're human. We're human. Because we're human, we focus on the humanistic thing, we focus on the pain. We we, we tend to be sensual, sensual, sense the senses, I nose here. The sense we tend to be sensual. So we sense what we're going through. If nobody hits us, it hurts us. But you gotta understand that God operates in the midst of darkness. You know, watch this. When, when when he made a covenant with Abraham, when he made a covenant with Abraham. 
Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham fell asleep. He fell into a deep sleep and he felt this terror. But this terror was the presence of God that was coming in the midst of the covenant that he was going to make between him and God. It was in the midst of darkness, Bishop, that he pulled Abraham out of Abram. Amen. It was in the midst of darkness that he pulled Sarah out of Sarai. It was in the midst of darkness that God was able to do all those great things. And we got to understand that if we're going through a dark situation, you better rejoice in the name of Jesus because he's doing something great, extravagant in my life. It's a clear indication that my God is the God of darkness, that he's doing something great. And watch this. Some of you are asking God, pull me out of darkness. But look at somebody and say, not yet. Not yet. Because pictures are are developed in darkness. If you pull me out too soon, they can't get the picture. It'll be blurry. Ooh, you can't make out what I've been through. You can't tell what I've been through. Oh, what have you been? What is this picture? I can't see. It's too blurry. You take a ball, you gotta shake me a little bit more just to see what I've been through. But if you stay in the dark place, if you let God be God, if you let God develop you at the right place at the right time, and let the light So develop the dog. I said, God, put me in. Put me in. Put me in. <laughs> you can't make the picture clear. Pictures of developing darkness. That's why, you know, the developer, he has a dark room. He has a dark room. And there's a dark room. He got he to wet the, the film and he got to hang it up. You know, only after a certain amount of time. When the picture develops, when, I, when you can tell why you've been through, now you can say, it was good that I've been afflicted. Oh, my God. It was good that I went through what I went through. Because now I have a clear picture of where I'm going. I can't doubt no more. Come on, give us some praise in this place. Hallelujah. Now, 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 watch it. Now, now to my text. Now to my text. So here it is, a man who is not just any ordinary man. The Bible refers to him as the Pharisees of the Pharisees. He was a great man. He was the, 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 the I want to say, the, the, the greatest scholar that ever was of his time. He knew the Torah. He knew everything back and forth. As a matter of fact, he wasn't just any old person, but he come from the tribe of Benjamin, of kings and kings of kings. That's why his name was Saul, to represent the first king ever in Israel. And this man, though he thought he was doing something right, he was doing it wrong. Because he thought he was doing it for God. The Bible even says that he had got written letters from the synagogue giving him permission to persecute any of those that were of the way. In other words, the church was giving him permission to act religious. My God. Do we give permission to other believers to act religiously instead of relational? See, sometimes we get so 
I want to say, uh, 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 religious when it comes to our culture, our traditions, that we make the word of God void. Okay. And Paul was just, not just anybody. And the Bible says that still breathing threats, he was on his way to persecute more Christians. And the Bible says that, y'all know me, I, I'm a little theatrical. Like say, just a little bit. Right? Just a little bit. But I like to think that God is theatrical as well. Because the Bible said that a great light shone and knocked them off his beast. A great light. It was daytime already. How great a light could this have been? It was the light was so great that not only did it blind him, but during daytime, it was made to, to be different than any other light. See, God is going to bring a light in your life that is going to be different than anything else that you've been through. You're going to know and tell that this, in fact, is the glory of God. Because even in the brightest of day, you're going to see this bright light. Amen? Amen. It says that he, he, he saw this light, he fell to the ground, and he became blind. He became blind. He, he, he went to his dark place. He lost his eyesight that he can gain insight. See, sometimes we have to go into a dark situation. Sometimes we have to lose sight of what we think it is just to gain insight. I believe it was Helen Keller that said once when she was asked about her sight. And she said, listen, I may not be able to see, but I got so much vision. And you that can see, cannot see at all. So sometimes seeing, we have no vision. But we have to lose our sight in order to gain insight. Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? That what you're looking at or what you're looking for is not outside these two eyeballs, but they're inside your internal. Sometimes you have to look within to see hope. Sometimes you have to look within to see faith. Sometimes you have to look within to understand your anointing. For everything that is in you, God will pull out of you. The treasures are hidden inside your darkness. When God said them, there'll be light, light came out of him. When the floods came, the Bible said the floods came from underneath the earth. The, 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 everything that is in you that you need is already in you. But sometimes we have to lose this to see internal. To see that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. That, that to see that I am more than a conqueror. To see that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But if I keep these open, I'm going to see my brother. I'm going to see my sister. I'm going to see faces. But the Bible said don't look at them in the faces. But look within for where cometh your help. Look within from the power that's inside of you. Look within for God resides inside of you. I'm going to say this. You're not going to laugh at me. But some of you got a closet full of great outfits. And every time there's a special event, you go out and buy something else. Wow. Help us, help us, help us. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to. You said help. I'm going to have to help. I might lose like about three or four. The reason we don't go back into our closet. It's because we can't fit into what we used to have. So it's easier for me to try something new than to go back 
from my experience. Right. <laughs> oh my God, how many letters I'm gonna get today? <laughs> Who you calling fat, man? You fat? For about 36, my eye. 37 and a half. But think about it. You have had experiences from your past that you say, I don't want to go and deal with him or her. Come on. That I'd rather just get a new experience. Right. Whoa. I'd rather fit into a new problem than go and deal back with the old one. Oh, wow. Mm. Me and you don't fit no more. That was done in the past. Right. So God will bring you a new outfit around so you can wear. It's the same thing. A different size. Oh, no. <laughs> I ain't messaged you. That's it. I'm hungry. I'm going home. That's not good. That's good. We talk about glasses. That's <laughs> true. I'm, I'm going to say this. Mm. I got you, Pastor. Don't worry. I'm going to help you. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Glory be to God. Let me go That's to this. Good. Yes. That's real good. Amen. Mm -hmm. Where are you coming from? Acts, right? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> stole the book of Acts over here from this digital pattern. Where is it? Lord Jesus, I'm serious. There it is. <laughs> Glory be to God. But watch this. But but Paul saw rather. Paul, he thought he was doing the right thing. I mean, he was zealous about it. He was in a synagogue. He was getting letters from the high priest and everything, doing what he thought was right. And God is saying, "Your outfit is all wrong." So watch this. It's so hard. So so now God extracts him. From being a murderer and makes him a minister. From a murderer to a minister. And now he has to go minister, but he still has the old outfit of what he wore. So here it is. He's a minister and looked like a murderer. And anybody that he wanted to bless, sister, let me bless you, let me bless you. They go, oh my God, here comes a murderer. <laughs> People will see him and close their door. Imagine if your first year of ministry, you couldn't even talk to anybody because of your past. Because of your old outfit. And that's what happens to a lot of people in the church. We don't want to let God put his outfit on us. So we still, we still say stuff like, you know, I'm, I'm under construction. God knows my heart. You understand? Stuff like that. And what you're doing, you're validating your outfits. You're validating what was in your closet. But how about allowing God to use you so you can minister to those that you were supposed to kill? Oh, wow. Wow. Let me flip this this way because y'all seem a little bit uncomfortable being Saul in this perspective. Let's, let's flip it this way, right? You're the church and here is Saul, the murderer. That, 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 that one, in one chapter, he was breathing threats. But in another chapter, he writes more than half of the New Testament for you. Oh my God. God, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? What I'm saying is that you, you got to allow God to put his outfit on you so that you can be okay even with your own enemies. Yeah. That you can love your enemies in spite of. Because last I checked, he said he will make your enemies your what? What's your some of you better be more acquainted with your enemies Come than ever before. Some of you are wondering whether you're stepping right now. Maybe you stop talking to some of your enemies. And some of those people that you just 
can be the person to lead you to your next blessing. Skeletons in the closet. God is trying to show us that everything that we've been through is not all bad. That there are, in fact, hidden treasures, treasures in dark places that he wants to pull out of you. He wants to extract the power out of you. He doesn't want you to think and know, man, I was molested, I was raped, I was rejected. But pull a good thing out of that bad situation. Yes, you were left for dead, but what can you pull out of it? The glory of God did not leave me, did not forsake me. I know that I was molested, but yet here I'm standing. I'm using my testimony for the glory of God. The others can gain power because yet it may happen to me and it happened to you, but yet we're still standing. We got to tell people that nothing can knock us down, that though we've been stricken down, we have not been forgotten, that God is all that he still has me in it because I'm about to win. Think about that for a minute. If God is so good and you keep saying, God, another one, why I gotta go through this? Why I gotta go through that? Why I gotta just think about the power that you should really have, the power that you have in you. The Bible teaches us that even with the demon possessed man, legion, the Bible said had about a, a thousand and something demons that when they went in swine. It was too much for the swine to withstand that they committed suicide. Yes, that's what it says. The things that you're dealing with, you are custom made for that. And he has allowed you to bear it because inside of you, there's some glory that he wants to showcase. He wants to show you all. He's proud of you. He desires you. Yes, he owns the world, but yet, but yet, but yet he's I want to show you all. I want to show the Annette, the Ebony, the Renee, the the Harrys. I want to show you all. I want to let the world know that I can take somebody that thought they couldn't and now they could and still doing it. I want to show my growing through what I've created. Look at somebody and say, God, use me. There's power on the inside of you. There's glory on the inside of you. There's hidden treasures on the inside of you. He said, I'll show you the hidden treasures. I'll hover over you like I did over the world. I said, let there be light in the midst of your darkness. I'll pull out trees from you, vegetation from you, cattle from you. I'll make a world within you. I'll let people know that people can live in you, that you can feed them, that you can be their eating, that you can be their garden. persecuting them, you're persecuting 
the hollering bar. This is personal. So you can talk about me if you want. You can backbite. You can gossip. You can tweet. You can Instagram about me. You ain't doing it to him. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pray for you. You better watch out. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying, God takes things personal. That's what always made my aim. Whether people are in the right or the wrong, I don't like talking about people. Because everybody's a child of God. I got four children, and I love all of them, and they all have a different personality. And one tells me, Dad, this, this, and that, get them. And the other one tells me, no, Dad, this, get them. And I said, listen, I can't get one child and not get another because they're all my children. I love them all. Whether one is a crackhead and the other one is a prostitute or one is a priest and the other one is a saint, they're all my children. I love them all, and I will not forsake one for the other. Can we be that type of church? Despite the situation, so what if they're drunk? I love you to the drunk is worse off, to you sober off. So what if you're gay? I love you to you come back to your senses. So what if you lie? I love you to you tell the truth. God love me to I told the truth. God love me to I stop being this God love me to I stop being an adulterer. God love me to I stop lying. God love me to I stop being a woman. I said, God love me to I got the right thing. God love me. We can love me in spite of anything until I got it right. How much more his are not just there to wear, but are there to tell a story. They're my history, and they are history. They're my history, and they are history. And they're there to tell me why I love people so much. You know why? Because nobody loved me. I'm here to tell you why I got so many dads. You know why? Because I had none before. They're here to tell me why I got so many mothers. You know why? Because my skeleton tells me that my mother did not love me. My God, my God, my God. My skeletons are there to show you why I need to be clothed with the love, the patience, the power that God has clothed me with. Come on, give God some glory. Let us stand. Let us stand. One of the other things I want to share with you. One of the other things that I want to share with you. As I looked up that definition to that phrase skeletons in the closet, it said that apart from it being an idiom used to describe an undisclosed fact that would give or reveal a person certain perception of a person, it's also something that evokes the idea of someone having had a human concealed in the closet for so long that all his flesh decomposed. Wow. That skeleton in the closet was the old me. Those bones in there was the old me. And I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, Pastor, kill that flesh. Not so fast. Sometimes the old me needs to come back. I'm going to tell you how. 
when Peter, being Peter, fighting Peter, bold Peter, ear cutting, cussing Peter, God allowed him to transition with his bad and his good. Because if Peter would have hung up his boldness in his closet, in Acts chapter 2, he would not have stood up and defended his faith. Yes, my God. So I ask you, man and woman of God, can these bones live? Can these bones live? There's treasures hidden in the old you that you locked up, that you put away. You became too passive and became too religious. You're too holy now. No one can touch you with a temperate pole. But God is saying this, certain treasures back there that you left that I need to pull. There's certain outfits that go with what you're wearing today. Don't pull out the whole outfit. But that shirt can go with the pants you have on today. What you went through in the past, those experiences will help you in the present. That will lead you into your future. God is pulling treasures out of you. God is pulling treasures out of you. God is pulling treasures. What you're going through right now, this dark situation, dark, dark situation. Listen, it's not in vain. Don't count in laws. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say, I quit. No, no, not yet, not yet. Get back in the dark room. Get back in the dark room. It is a dark situation that you learn to pray, that you learn to fast, that you learn to seek the Lord, that you learn that, 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 that your flesh will be stripped off of you and expose the innermost part of who you are. It is the dark situation that gets you to a point where you say, man, I got no money. I got no body, I got no friends, I got nothing, no credit. What can I do? And God can bless you out of nowhere just to show you that I'm still God in darkness. I'm still God. That you can measure who I am by what you lack. You can measure who I am by what you lack. That I'm still operating while you sleep, while you slumber, while your mind aches, while you worry. While you're on your on your hospital bed, I'm still working it out. I'm still God. All by myself. Unapologetic. No excuses. I'm still that God will brought you into this place. Come on and give God some glory.